0: I know a lot of CEOs, I know a lot of founders, and I can unequivocally say, you're the single best fundraiser that I've ever met. I've written a book on how to be a great CEO and there's a section on fundraising. And even before I read your book, I said, you know what? When this comes out, I'm just gonna delete that section and say, see Ryan's book, everything you need is right here. So Ryan, thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it.
1: Pleasure to be here, Matt. Super pumped to chat fundraising.
0: Two thoughts hit me when I read this book. First is there's nothing new here. There's nothing new under the sun. All of this information can be found elsewhere. You probably have to read about 10 other books. Each book is probably gonna be about 350 pages. The difference is this book is 50 pages, has all the information you need in a checklist format in a do this, then do that, then do this, then do that. So it's super simple and basically no thought required. You get this, follow these steps, you will have a successful fundraise. My guess is, Ryan, that that was intentional. My guess is you meant to make it super simple and easy to use. Is Was that your intent?
1: You guessed right, Matt. You know, this book started off as a Google Doc that it shared with a bunch of founders and we were just making it better and better and better. When you're a busy founder, You want to get right to it. You want to know exactly what to do. I use the least amount of words necessary. Most books should be 50 to 60 pages. You can't explain it in tens of pages where you're probably making the reader do too much work for the knowledge that you're you're dishing out.
0: Couldn't agree with you more. And that's sort of the the advantage of self-publishing is you don't have some publisher requiring that it be 350 pages so that it fits neatly on some shelf in some Barnes and Noble somewhere. Brian, the next thing I'd love to do is then walk into what exactly the book talks about. The way I see it briefly, and I'd love to go into each step, is one, make friends, and you show how systematically to make friends. Two, get introductions to investors by these friends. Three, develop personal relationships with these investors, which is multiple touch points. Four, you're not raising until an investor asks to invest and then the actual raise process begins. Five, create a sense of momentum by sharing events, future events that are occurring that you know will occur, frankly, because they probably already have. And then lastly, select your investor and just like you would in recruiting, you would ask for references, you would investigate how would it's like to work with this person, do the same thing when it comes to your investor. That's my sense of what the process is. Did I miss anything? or did I characterize it incorrectly?
1: No, you absolutely nailed it. There's a lot of fear and anxiety around fundraising. It's just so daunting of a thing, right? Cause your entire company's on the line, all of your employees, all of your previous investors, family, friends, everyone's watching. That fear sometimes cripples founders to just start following a sequence. That's why I wanted to lay it out. And it's a no risk way to fundraise. That's the key design principle here is that if you're following these steps, you're building all the infrastructure and momentum, but you can't get a no. Because when you start to get no's, that's when you're in the danger zone. And so in this method, you can only get yeses, you can't get no's. And then once you have enough momentum, then you could say, hey, like, I'm confidently fundraising now.
0: You talk about the first step is creating a friend community. You say the easiest way to do it, the most effective way to do it is to host events. And this couldn't be closer to my heart it's what i do i love hosting events i find it incredibly effective to make friends and especially with friends who i wouldn't be able to become friends with otherwise because i know that person a want is enjoys the company of person b if i invite both of them they want to meet each other but then i get credit for having hosted the event that brought them together and suddenly i'm an equal member to a and b all i did was name a place and a time and sent out an invitation email and that's all i did and you have that strategy as well ryan and, and it's worked incredibly well for you can you tell us a little bit more about that
1: andy bromberg who's a ceo and co-founder of vico and i we've met at stanford and we wanted to learn more about silicon valley and meet some folks outside of our class we had you know met some folks and we're like let's put our networks together let's start hosting events the first one we cobbled together a few And then they loved it then we said hey who would you invite to one of these events and then we got names from them the first one or two took a little bit of work but honestly it started to snowball and we quickly had way too many people because other founders and other investors want this too it's kind of counterintuitive advice because you're like how do you fundraise well the first step is you got to have a network you don't know anybody you can't fundraise
0: I think what you're also alluding to there when you say you need to have friends to fundraise and people are like, well, why do you need to have friends to fundraise? Why don't you just go to investment firms and ask them for money? And what you're getting at, I think, is that people who make decisions fundamentally are people. And so they're not deciding to invest in a company. They're deciding to invest in a person. If they like the person, they are much more likely psychologically, they just sort of, you know, confirmation bias. They see facts that confirm why this is a good person to invest in because they already like them. And if they don't know somebody, then they can't like them. So what you're just doing is taking advantage of the fact that humans create trust with people they know and like, and trust is an essential component for making a purchase decision, a buy decision, whether that's investing, Or joining a company or buying a product it's all the same thing is that did i get that right you nailed
1: it you know half of the raise is leveraging that trust to come in off of a warm introduction and then the other half isn't actually selling your company it's selling you we get caught up in oh do i have enough traction this or that for seed round you don't need any of that it helps but you don't need any of that we had none of that with bolt and in fact when i pitch people check out It'd go in over their heads. Their reaction was, there's no way that this is an opportunity. And so you can ask any of the early Bolt investors. None of them believed that we were actually going to do this. But they're like, these, these folks are smart. And so we're going to give them some money. And all of them admit that to me. They're going after something big. We're not sure if it's going to work. But they're really good people. They're attracting talented people. They're probably going to maybe pivot into something else. And so, yeah, we raised on just who we were.